This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Hello and welcome to Amazing Grace for another week. I pray you will be blessed by our program today. My name is Warren and here at Amazing Grace we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have um, a question you would like to ask or maybe you've, you have a question because of something that we have shared. Now we'd also be happy to pray for you either on air or off air. And if you contact us, we'll be happy to do that. Now, again, we are continuing to give away these free giveaways, the book called Steps to Jesus or Steps to Christ, and the book called The Desire of Ages, which is about is a commentary of the Gospels and uh, goes into a lot, a lot of very deep spiritual thoughts on some of the things that Jesus shared that you may not be fully aware of. And uh, I've found it very enlightening for me um, as I have read this book. Now, we know that the Bible is the most important book that we all need to read. But also, reading other books that are spiritual uh, help us in our journey. Now, just letting you know the um, the ways that you can contact to contact us here, the first is by email, and the email address is triple nine amazing grace at gmail.com. That's nine 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 and then amazing grace, and amazing grace has only one G at gmail.com. Or you could text or call us on 027. 027- Two two nine six six two four. That's o two seven two two nine six six two four. And the other way that you can contact us is just to uh, pass a message on here at the station. So yes, the two books we're giving away is Steps to Christ and the book The Desire of Ages, and we'll be reading from both of those today, and so you will have a little bit of an insight into what these books say. All right, friends, before we go any further, we're just going to um, just have prayer, and so we just ask you, Lord, we just ask you to bow your heads as we speak to the Lord. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity um, to share the gospel uh, for our listeners, Lord, and their families. Uh, We know that it's important to share the gospel. Um, We know that Martin Luther said that uh, we should share the gospel every day because we forget the gospel every day. 
and we we don't ever want to forget the gospel and what you have done for us, how you have accepted us, warts and all. So, Father, I just pray for our listeners that you will open their minds and hearts, that they will hear the message that you have for them today. We give thanks in all things, praying this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, friends, um, we're just going to have a little devotion before we go any further. And eyes that see, ears that hear. But your eyes are blessed because they do not see and your ears because they do not hear. Matthew thirteen sixteen. When you became a Christian, God gave you, a spirit, gave you spiritual sight and hearing so you could begin experiencing his presence and his activity all around you. The Holy Spirit helps you to develop these spiritual senses as you walk with him. Spiritual sensitivity to God is a gift that must be accepted and exercised. Scripture indicates that those who are spiritually dead cannot see or understand spiritual things. Without spiritual eyes, you can be right in the midst of a mighty act of God and not even recognize it. There is a radical difference between seeing your surroundings from a human perspective and seeing life through the spiritual eyes. Non-Christians will see world events around them and become confused. You will look at the same events, recognize the activity of God and adjust your life to him. When you meet a person who is seeking God, you will recognize the convicting work of the Holy Spirit and adjust your life to God's activity. Romans 3.11 Someone without spiritual perception will encounter the same person and not grasp the eternal significance of what is happening in that person's life. Others will hear of new philosophies and trends in society and not know how to discern the truth. You will hear God's voice over the din of the world. And you will keep your bearings in the midst of confusing circumstances. You see, friends, sin dulls your senses, ultimately leaving you spiritually blind and spiritually deaf. Do not be content with merely seeing with physical eyes and hearing with natural ears, but not sensing what God is doing. Ask God through the power of the Holy Spirit, to sensitize you, you to the activity all around you that comes from God. You know, part of living in the last days is sure there's a lot of counsel in the Bible of knowing the enemy's deceptions, um, also knowing when Christ will soon to appear. You know, there's chapters in the Bible that talk about that. Uh, for example, Matthew 24 Luke 21 and Mark 13, uh, and, and the book of Revelation. But God wants to speak to his people at all times. And don't be surprised if you ask God a question and you get an answer, either through prayer, through reading the word and God speaking back to you through the word, or just coming into a closer encounter with him. 
And, you know, that's my prayer not only for myself but for all of us.
You're listening to Amazing Grace here on Manawatu People's Radio. All right, we've come to the time that we're going to have the health tip. Um, we'll try and keep the health tip short. Um, <clears throat> today we're going to look at um, nutrition, the five group, the five food groups. Now you probably would have all seen this at some stage. You'll see a pyramid. So what are the five groups? What are the five levels? Well, the main one at the bottom is fruit and vegetables. Then we go up to the next level, which is starchy food. And then the next level is dairy. The next one is protein. And the the last one, the smallest one, is fat. And, you know, that should be probably good fats rather than bad fats. But... um, it's limiting those things like fats and proteins. Now, a lot of people think that they have to eat truckloads of um, protein. Um, and, you know, there are a number of ways of getting protein. You know, you don't have to get meat to get protein. Uh, there's lots of protein in, in many green vegetables. So... Let's just quickly go through some of these. Um, let's go through the fruit and vegetables. Um, and, you know, I, the, there was a um, – was on TV at one stage. They were pushing the um, five five portions of fruit and vegetables a day. Um, I think they actually eventually upped that. Was it to seven? Or it might have been – yeah, it might have been seven or nine. Um, but we need a minimum of at least five – fruits and vegetables a day and you know um, a number of us have our favorite fruits or vegetables uh, but we should still you know the variety is eating a number of different colors and eating a number of different fruits and vegetables will be very good for you and perhaps not eating the same every day. Uh, you know, f- fruit and vegetables are low on fat, and so they're great for bulking out your meals uh, and making you feel full without adding too many calories. So, you know, there's there's lots of fruits, and and I don't know which you like, and and uh, you know, obviously bananas and and apples and peaches and. Um, you know, we, we have started eating a lot of tinned uh, fruit, like um, peach sliced peaches and um, fruit salad. Um, so when we have dessert, um, we might have some ice cream or cheesecake um, or a very nice concoction that uh, my wife makes. And But we, we add fruit to it and... Um, you know, our bodies appreciate having that fruit. But also vegetables. And, you know, some vegetables are, are better than others, like um, like sweet potatoes are better than potatoes. But then uh, you could also include them in the, in the other group, which was starchy food. Um, dairy, um, you know, some people say we shouldn't eat any dairy. Uh, vegans do, but you know, I eat a little bit of dairy. I don't eat a lot. Um, I eat dairy in moderation. Drink very little milk. Um, eat a little bit of cheese, but you know, um, again, 
as we look at holistic health. Nothing wrong with some dairy as long as it's not too much dairy. And then we go to protein. And there's a belief, you know, in New Zealand um, that, you know, you have to have meat with every meal. Uh, Well, that couldn't be further from the truth. You know, uh, back in the Roman times, the gladiators, they they were vegans or vegetarians, most of them. Um, and and yet they were very powerful and very strong. So this belief that some people have that you need to eat meat to be strong is um, is not actually true, and it and the the facts do not back it up. Um, <coughs> starchy foods are like potatoes, bread, rice, pasta. And it should be about a third of what we eat. Um, what's the next one? The next one is dairy. Uh, dairy alternatives are good sources of protein and, and vitamins like um, soy milk, for example. Um, they also contain calcium, which helps our bones Dairy-free milk alternatives, yeah, such as soy milk or nut milks, and that they're very good for you. Even, even um, goat milk uh, is quite expensive, but it is very good for you. Yes, too much dairy is is a problem um, because our bodies are just not capable of dealing with large amounts of dairy. Not saying you shouldn't eat dairy, but just limit the amount of dairy that that you eat. Protein, so you can get proteins out of all sorts of things. Obviously, you can get it out of uh, meat and fish, um, but also you can get it out of things like beans and peas and lentils. Um, quite often, my wife just makes a meal and then she just adds lentils to it, and. Uh, or she'll cook rice, brown rice, and she'll put a few lentils at the bottom of it. And, uh, yeah, actually, it's surprisingly tasty. Eggs are a good source of protein. And, look, you'll see many people go either way with these. Some people say eggs are you know, not good for you, and some people will say that eggs are okay. Now, According to this pyramid, uh, eggs are okay, but just not all the time. Don't eat like a half a dozen eggs at a time or half a dozen eggs a day. That wouldn't be too good for you. But I think they say an egg a day um, is okay. And meat. We don't have to eat meat every day. You know, we can. There are very good alternatives. You can either just eat vegetables or if you like some savoury, you can make savoury things up without having to put meat in it. You can also put things like tofu uh, in as well. You probably need to keep away a little bit from processed red meats. Um, you know, if you're going to eat probably schnitzel or steak or lamb roast or whatever, you know, that's not so bad, but it's it's the processed foods um, that are the, the, the problem areas um, and can create all sorts of issues in our diet. Uh, 
fats. <clears throat> Some fat in our diet is essential, but most of us today eat too much fat. Plant-based oils like vegetable, rapeseed, olive oil, uh, rich in unsaturated fat so that they help lower cholesterol and reduce the risk of heart disease. And um, food and drink high in fat, salts and sugars we should keep away from. Uh, definitely not a good thing. And um, there are some fats that are just outright uh, un unhealthy and uh, we should keep away from those ones. Animal fats, uh, for sure, uh, do not do our bodies any good at all. And so we're just going to leave it there today. So um, eat lots of fruits and vegetables. Um, we said a minimum of five, but I actually would say more than that, probably more like seven to nine uh, if you count them throughout the whole day, of fruit and vegetables. Uh, we also looked at... Um, starchy foods like rice and um, what do we look at? Pasta, rice, bread, and potatoes. Um, yeah, we don't want to eat too much of that, even, you know, um, moderate amount of those things. Could uh, starch start? Unfortunately, what happens is starch turns to sugar in the body. And if you eat lots of starch, you know, your body is making lots of sugar. And that can be a problem um, for type 2 diabetes later in life. So, you know, if you're going to make use bread, try to use wholemeal bread. Um, whatever you use, rice, use use brown rice, red rice. Yeah, white rice, it's, it's probably more tasty, but it's not good for you. Um, it has a very high glymax uh, index and you would find that if you eat lots of rice that your health will deteriorate as you get older. And so for our health tip of the week is eat lots of fruit and vegetables.
You're listening to Amazing Grace here on Manawatu People's Radio. So uh, we'll be back after the break um, to carry on. We'll be reading from the book Steps to Jesus and the book The Desire of Ages. If you're enjoying this podcast in Manawatu, you could make your very own, just like this one. NPR exists to help people like you tell your story or share your passion on air and online. Check out npr.nz for more information. Welcome back to Amazing Grace here on Manawatu People's Radio. All right, in this second half, we're going to read from a couple of books to try and help you see the importance of the spiritual um, applications um, and the spiritual understanding of the life of Christ. Anyway, I'm reading from chapter 2, The Sinner's Need of Christ. Adam and Eve were created with perfect minds and noble powers. Their thoughts were pure and their aims were holy. But when they chose to disobey God, their thoughts were changed. Love for self took the place of love for God. Sin made them so weak that they could not by themselves resist the power of evil. They were Satan's slaves and would have been slaves forever if God had not given them help. Satan wanted to spoil the plan God had when he created men and women. He wanted to fill the world with trouble and death. Then he would point to all this evil and say that God was to blame because he had created human beings. Before Adam and Eve disobeyed God, they enjoyed talking with with God. They were happy to be with him, for he is the key that opens all the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Colossians 2 verse 3. But after they sinned, they did not find happiness in being holy, and they tried to hide from God. Sinners today do the same. Because they do not love the things God loves, they do not enjoy being with him or talking to him in prayer. If God let them into into heaven, they would not be happy there. They would not enjoy beings, sorry, they would not enjoy being with God or spending time with the holy angels. Unselfish love rules in heaven. Everyone there will love God because he loves them. But God's love would find no response in the sinner's heart. The sinner's thoughts and ways would be very different from those of the sinless people who will live in heaven. And he would be unhappy. He would want to hide from Jesus, the light and the center of heaven's joy. Sinners are not kept out of heaven by a divine order. They are shut out by their own unfitness to live there. The glory of God would be to them a burning or consuming fire. They would want to die so that they would not have to see the face of Jesus, who actually died to save them. It is not possible for us of ourselves to escape from the power of sin. Our hearts are sinful and we cannot change them. Nothing clean can ever come from anything as unclean as the human beings, Job 14.4. People become enemies of God when they are controlled by their human nature, for they do not obey God's law, and in fact, they cannot obey it, according to Romans 8.7. Education, 
Good manners and willpower all have their place in helping us to do right things, but they cannot change our hearts and make our lives pure. Only a new life from above, a power working inside us, can change us from being sinful to being holy. That power is Christ. His grace alone can give life to our dead souls and draw us to God and holiness. The Saviour said, I am telling you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God without being born again. John 3, 3. Unless one receives a new heart from God with new wants and aims, some believe that they need only to develop the good that is already in them. But this idea is wrong and will lead to eternal death. Whoever does not have the Spirit cannot receive the gifts that come from God's Spirit. Such a person really does not understand them, and they seem to be nonsense because their value can be judged only on a spiritual basis. 1 Corinthians 2.14 Said Jesus, Do not be surprised because I tell you that you must be born again. John 3.7 It is written of Christ, The word was with the source of life, and this life brought light to people. John 1.4 In all the world there is no one else whom God has given who can save us. Acts 4.14 We see a loving kindness of God and his fatherly pity. We see that his law is wise, fair and right. It is a law of love, but it is not enough for us to see and know all this. The Apostle Paul knew this when he said, I agree that the law is right, the law itself is holy, and the commandments is holy, right, and good. Romans seven sixteen and 12. But even though Paul knew this, he felt hopeless and bitter. And he said, I am mortal, sold as a slave to sin. Paul wanted to be pure and to be right with God, But knowing he did not have the power to change himself, he cried out, What an unhappy man am I! Who will rescue me from this body that is taking me to death? This sad cry has gone up from many troubled hearts in all countries and in all times. There is one answer for everyone. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And that is the answer, the gospel. Jesus Christ, who died, friends, that you may have eternal life. And if you accept Jesus into your life, as sinful as you may be, you see, a lot of people think, oh, no, I have to clean myself up. I have to make myself, I have to get rid of these objectionable traits before I come to God. No, you just come to him as you are, and he will do the work. He will get rid of those addictions, those things in your life that, that, you want to get rid of and maybe some of the things you don't want to get rid of at the moment but your desires will change and if you invite the Lord Jesus Christ into your life who died for you friends that you may have life I promise you don't try to clean yourself up first just come just as you are and he will do that work in and through you Amazing grace 
You're listening to Amazing Grace here on Manawatu People's Radio. And that was the song Amazing Grace. Beautiful song. It says so much about God's love for us. All right, friends, um, I'm going to read um, in this last se- segment, we're going to read about what happened to um, Jesus and John, James, and Peter after they came down from the Mounts, Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, we're up to chapter 47, and this particular chapter is entitled Ministry. The entire night had been passed in the mountain, and as the sun arose, Jesus and his disciples descended to the plain. Absorbed in thought, the disciples were awed and silent. Even Peter had not a word to say. Gladly would they have lingered in that holy place which had been touched with the light of heaven and where the Son of God had manifested his glory. But there was work to be done for the people who were already searching far and near for Jesus. At the foot of the mountain a large company had gathered, led hither by the disciples who had remained behind, but who knew whither Jesus had resorted. As the Saviour drew near, he charged his three companions to keep silent concerning what they had witnessed, saying, Tell the vision to no man until the Son of Man be risen again from the dead. The revelation made to the disciples was to be pondered in their own hearts, not to be published abroad. To relate it to the multitudes would excite only ridicule and idle wonder, and even the nine apostles would not understand the scene after, until after Christ had risen from the dead. How slow of comprehension even the three favoured disciples were is seen in the fact that notwithstanding all that Christ had said of what was before him, they queried among themselves what the rising from the dead should mean. Yet they asked no explanation from Jesus. His words in regard to the future had filled them with sorrow. They sought no further revelation concerning that which was that they were fain to believe might never come to pass. As the people on the plain caught sight of Jesus, they ran to meet him, greeting him with expressions of reverence and joy. Yet as I quickly discerned that they were all in great perplexity. The disciples appeared troubled. A circumstance had just occurred that had caused them bitter disappointment and humiliation. While they were waiting at the foot of the mountain, a father had brought to them his son to be delivered from a dumb spirit that had tormented him. Authority over unclean spirits to cast them out had been conferred to the disciples when Jesus sent out the twelve to preach throughout Galilee. As they went forth strong in faith, the evil spirits had obeyed their word. Now in the name of Christ, they commanded the torturing spirit to leave his victim, but the demon only mocked them with a fresh display of his power. The disciples, unable to account for their defeat, felt that they were bringing dishonor upon themselves and their master. And in the crowd there were some scribes who had made the most of this opportunity to humiliate them. Pressing around the disciples, they plied them with questions, seeking to prove that they and their master were deceivers. 
Here the rabbis triumphantly declared was an evil spirit that neither the disciples nor Christ himself could conquer. The people were inclined to side with the scribes, and a feeling of contempt and scorn pervaded the crowd. But suddenly the accusation ceased. Jesus and the three disciples were seen approaching, and with a quick revulsion of feelings, the people turned to meet them. The night of communion with the heavenly glory had left its traces upon the Saviour and his companions. Upon their countenances was a light that was awed the beholders. The scribes drew back in fear while the people welcomed Jesus. As if he had been a witness of all of that which had occurred, the Saviour came to the scene of conflict and fixed his gaze upon the scribes inquiring, What question ye with them? But the voices so bold and defiant before were now silent. A hush had fallen upon the entire company. Now the afflicted father made his way through the cloud and falling at the feet of Jesus, poured out his story of trouble and disappointment. Master, he said, I have brought unto thee my son, which had a dumb spirit, and wheresoever I take him, he teareth him. And I spake to the disciples, and they should cast him out, and they could not. Jesus looked about him upon the awe-stricken multitude, the cavilling scribes and the perplexed disciples. He read the unbelief in every heart, and in a voice filled with sorrow, he exclaimed, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Then he bade the distressed father, Bring thy son hither. The boy was brought, and the Saviour's eyes fell upon him. The evil spirit cast him to the ground in convulsions of agony. He lay wallowing and foaming, renting the air with unearthly shrieks. Again the prince of life and the prince of powers of darkness had met on the field of battle. Christ, in fulfilment of his mission to preach and deliverance to the captives, to set at liberty them that are bruised, Luke 4.18. Satan, seeking to hold his victim under his control, angels of light and the hosts of evil angels unseen were pressing near to behold the conflict. For a moment, Jesus permitted the evil spirit to display his power, that the beholders might comprehend the deliverance that was about to be wrought. The multitude looked on with bated breath, the father in agony of hope and fear. Jesus asked, How long is it since this came unto him? The father told the story of the long years of suffering, and then, as if he could endure no more, exclaimed, If thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. If thou canst, even now the Father questioned the power of Christ. Jesus answered, If thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. There was no lack of power on the part of Christ. The healing of the Son depends upon the Father's faith. With a burst of tears, realizing his own weakness, the Father casts himself upon Christ's mercy with a cry, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. 
Jesus turns to the suffering one and says, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter him into him no more. There is a cry, an agonized struggle. The demon in passing seems about to rent the life from his victim. Then the boy lies motionless and apparently lifeless. The multitude whisper, he is dead. But Jesus takes him by the hand and lifting him up, presents him in perfect soundness of mind and body to his father. Father and son praise the name of their deliverer. The multitude are amazed at the mighty power of God, while the scribes, defeated and crestfallen, turn sullenly away. If thou can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. How many a sin-burdened soul has echoed this prayer? And to all, the pitying Saviour answer is, If thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. It is faith that connects us with heaven and brings us strength for coping with the powers of darkness. In Christ, God has provided means for subduing every sinful trait and resisting every temptation, however strong. But many feel that they lack faith and therefore they remain away from Christ. Let these souls in their Helpless unworthiness cast themselves upon the mercy of their compassionate Saviour. Look not to self, but look to Christ. He who healed the sick and cast out demons when he walked among the men in the same mighty Redeemer today. Faith comes by the word of God. Then grasp his word. Him that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. John six thirty seven, and I just pray and hope that you don't forget what I'm about to say because for me this is one of the greatest things that I've ever read in this book cast yourself at Jesus' feet with a cry Lord I believe help thou my unbelief you will never perish when you pray this Lord, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. We all have some unbelief in us, all of us. No matter how much you might think you trust in God, none of us completely, fully, 100% trust in God. But if we pray that prayer, Lord, I believe, but help me with my unbelief, the Holy Spirit will come and will work in your life in a way that you will trust God even more so. And so that's my prayer for for you for today. And I was going to continue to read on, but um, I see that our time is short. And uh, however, there's not much left in this particular chapter. Um, But I'm just so impressed with that particular verse because it comes from uh, John 6.37, which says, Him that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. If you throw yourself at the feet of Jesus, if you cast yourself at his feet, no matter how sinful, what you've done, you may have committed murder, you may have committed rape, you may have committed things that you think are unforgivable. Friends, there is nothing that is unforgivable. You just come to God in your dirty rags, 
your sinfulness and he will clean you up. Remember, he has promised, him that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. And for those who are a little further along the track, cast yourself at his feet with the cry, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. You will never perish while you do this. No, never. You will never perish as long as you say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Acknowledging that you have unbelief, but also acknowledging that you believe. You see, to acknowledge that there is unbelief in us is a humbling process. The proud heart does not want to acknowledge that. Friend, we need to acknowledge that no matter how much we trust in God, and you think about men that have gone before us, that while they trusted in God, they never trusted completely. I think of Elijah who went to heaven. You know, he he took on the whole Israel up on Mount Carmel. But the next day he ran from the threats of a queen. He didn't trust God. You know, I'm certainly no Elijah and uh, I'll be happy to meet him one day. And... um. The Bible says that he is a man like us. Friends, we may trust in the Lord, but we never trust in him fully. And as long as we keep praying, Lord, help. Lord, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. Because unbelief is the biggest destroyer of the Christian experience. And we need to get rid of that unbelief. But only God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, can help us to get rid of that unbelief. We can't get rid of it ourselves. Friends, I I pray that you've been blessed by our program today. Um, I'm certainly blessed. You know, like Martin Luther said, we need to share the gospel every day because every day we forget the gospel. It's just so important. Because you see, when you share it, It reinforces it in your life, and you're able to also share it with some soul who may be struggling, who may be looking for hope. The gospel gives everybody hope for the future. So let's just pause and pray. Father in heaven, um, Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity to share with the people today. I pray for your blessing upon them, and as they look to you, I pray, Lord, that your spirit will lift them up. For I ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So from all of us here at Amazing Grace, we pray that you will grow in grace. May the love of the Father, the grace of the Lord Jesus, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. enjoy this NPR podcast, please consider subscribing. Our podcasts are available on all major podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, as well as the accessmedia.nz app. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. 
For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.